Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Y'all, I wrote a book, like an actual book that you can read and hold and underline and tear pages out of and share with your friends. And it's coming out on May 14th. I cannot wait. This book is called Own Your Everyday, Overcome the Pressure to Prove, and Show Up for What You Are Made to Do. Because I feel like so often we get tripped up by the pressure to prove ourselves and we feel like we have to figure out this big grand purpose and all of our dreams by a certain milestone in our life or we've completely missed it. And my challenge is instead to maybe, instead of trying to chase all the extraordinary things, start with the simple everyday things. You really can't do the extraordinary things until you really learn to master the small, the not so cool, the everyday things. This book is meant to be a resource for the girl who is chasing after something more, even if you're not entirely sure what that something more is, and who's also trying to find purpose and contentment where she is with what she has. It's been named a top nine book to read to be a better person in 2019 by Inc. Magazine, and I almost peed my pants when I found that out. Casual, right? It's also been called The Girlfriend's Guide to a Purpose-Driven Life by professionals in the publishing world, and I am so positive it could be a game changer in your life. It releases on May 14th, but it is available right now to pre-order. You can go to jordanleedooley.com slash book to learn more and pre-order from your favorite retailer right now. We're talking Target, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Amazon, all the places, all the things. If books are there, it's going to be there, and I want you to be there too. I cannot wait for this to be in your hands on May 14th, my friend. It is going to be a game changer. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey girl, today I had my friend Jessica Honiger join me in a conversation and I know this is going to bless your life. Jessica is an award-winning social entrepreneur and the author of the book Imperfect Courage, Live a Life of Purpose by Leaving Comfort and Going Scared. Jessica is also the founder and co-CEO of Noonday Collection, a fast-growing social impact fashion brand dedicated to designing and selling an inspired collection of jewelry and accessories made by artisans in vulnerable communities around the globe. By harnessing a passionate community of social entrepreneurs called ambassadors who sell Noonday's accessories at trunk shows in their communities, Noonday sustains dignified jobs for over 4,400 artisans. Noonday Collection was featured in Inc. Magazine's 2015 list of the 5,000 fastest-growing companies in America at number 45. Incredible. In 2017, Jessica was awarded the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award for Central Texas, and let me tell you, she is an accomplished boss lady, but she just feels like a girl's best friend, and I can't wait for you to hear from her. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jessica. Jessica, welcome to the podcast, my friend. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. You have been someone that I've had the privilege of getting to know over the last several months and just been such an inspiration to me. And I'm just really encouraged and excited for my girls to get to hear from you and hear your story. But I figured before we even dive into all the inspiration and advice and stories that I know are going to come from this episode, I wanted to share how we met because I just loved that story of how I honestly think it was just kind of so random, but so awesome at the same time. Oh my gosh. I think you are absolutely amazing. I mean, I I think I okay, someone introduced us via text. Yeah. Like I think it was Ashley my book Ashley launch. Lemieux. Okay. That's who it was. Ashley Lemieux yep. from the Shine Project introduced us via text. I think I said, Hey Ash, 
I don't know. Remember, maybe I, I don't know how that happened, but all I know, it was like two weeks before my book launch and we got connected. And then I was like, Hey, I'm launching my book in a couple weeks. Can we do something together? And you were like, absolutely. Let's do all the things. Let's <laughs> do a Facebook them. live together. Let's go on this group. Let's go on that group. Let's do an Instagram live. And I was like, Oh my God, this woman is amazing. Like you mm. have such a generosity about you. And that's so attractive. And man, when you find that in another woman, you cling to it. You're like, okay, we're going to do this. Mm. Uh, well, I was excited to, I've, I've just admired what you've done and it was really a privilege. So I don't, I don't think that is, my book line. yeah, exactly. I did. So. That was amazing. So that was where we met in person. So we did the fun Facebook lives together for your book, Imperfect Courage. Anybody who's listening and hasn't read that book, you need to get on Amazon and order that book. It's incredible. And I don't say that just because I know Jessica. It's a really awesome book and so many have been impacted by it. So, um, just a little plug right there, go check it out. But, um, yeah, so we did the Facebook Live, we did the Instagram Live, we did all the lives. <laughs> we like, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> all the lives. I'm pretty sure we like had never actually talked to each other other than via text, and then we're like live in front of 300 people, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right yep. it was great. That's I was like, way. honestly, now knowing us, I'm like, I'm not even surprised. But then two weeks later, you had your book tour stop in Nashville, and it worked out so well because Nashville's not too far from where I live, and I had plenty of things I could do in Nashville, and I thought, and I'd love to see that. So, got to go to your book tour stop. That was so fun. That was the day you guys did the po- the podcast live recording for your show. So it was neat to kind of yeah, my first, yeah. To see that. So, it was my first time to do a live recording for Going Scared. And I was super nervous because I, you know, usually when you're recording a podcast, you kind of have your questions, you're sure. behind the screen, you're usually wearing the workout clothes. So, this was kind of like, oh my gosh, it was in a theater, but it was awesome. And I think it's having you there and having people show up for me that gave me so much courage. Like when you're afraid, mm-hmm. I love just being able to borrow courage from other people that are just showing up for you. And that mm-hmm. usually like gets me to get walked through my fear a lot more easily. That is such a good way to put it. I've heard um, people say, like, I need to lean on to your faith or borrow your faith. But I think that is so true when it comes to I need to borrow courage. I need to borrow some strength. I mean, that's what friendship and relationship is about. So what a neat way to put that. That's amazing. Um, I was going to ask if you could share... A little bit, just for context. I mean, we've established, you know, you've wrote, you wrote the book Imperfect Courage, but I know that book didn't just pop out of thin air. You know, nobody just all of a sudden knows how to write about Imperfect Courage. Um, but but you have this incredible story, and I feel like we'll get to a lot of that. But I want you to, you know, touch on maybe a little bit, what are you doing now? And what also led to writing that book? I mean, there's a lot to that, but whatever you feel led to share, I think would be really, really helpful for context. Yeah, absolutely. So I am the co-CEO and founder of a fashion brand called Noonday Collection. And Noonday Collection is a fair trade accessories brand. And we are creating social entrepreneurship opportunities for people around the world. We do that by partnering with artisans in 13 different countries. Um, Many of these artisans we work with are in some of the world's most vulnerable places, but they're extremely talented. So they make beautiful accessories for us. And then we have a group of social entrepreneurs across the United States called Noonday Collection Ambassadors. And these ambassadors, they launch their own businesses. They create a marketplace for these artisans. They earn an income while also making an impact. Mm -hmm. And it has been a crazy ride, nothing that I ever really intentionally (laughs) started. I actually was in a financial bind. My husband and I had been in real estate and then the recession hit in 2009, 2010 in Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. But we had decided to grow our family through adoption and that cost a lot of money. And I knew I needed to start some sort of side hustle. Long story short, some of my friends were living in Uganda at the time and they had this young couple they were working with who they said, Jessica, these could be the future leaders of Uganda. Mm. They are so talented. They just need a marketplace. Would you be interested in selling their goods? Mm. And they asked me during a time when I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I need 40K to get a (laughs) son home from Rwanda. So I opened my home one night for women and women came. Women showed up for me. And that night I realized there's so much power in women being able to physically gather together Hmm. and in order to uh, around a mission, which they were both supporting our adoption journey. And they were also supporting what Jolly and Daniel were doing. 
So honestly, the very next day, I was like, I think this could be a business. Hmm. And quickly started doing all the things that you do, you know, yep. so <laughs> figure out what's the name of the business, what's the logo, register the website, you know, mm. all that kind of stuff kind of came together really quickly. And then I just started hustling, 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 primarily with a desire of getting enough money to bring Jack home. Mm. But pretty quickly, within about eight months, i have been able to do enough sales to raise money for Jack and realize that this, this was going to go beyond Jack, that mm. this really was about impacting lives around the world. And soon I had a woman reach out to me saying, I would love to start a new day collection in my town. Could I partner with you in this? And so we just kind of said, sure, let's try it out. I mean, super scrappy, Mm -hmm. super give it a go. And we'll see. Still working out of my guest bedroom, (laughs) still using, you know, Yahoo and Gmail and like all the, all the things. But you know, now we have systems in place. So eight years later, you know, Jolly and Daniel now have 100 full-time employees. They have wow. 300 full-time contract workers who work for them. And then we now work with 4,500 artisans around the world and 2,000 New Day Collection ambassadors, and it's only growing. So wow. it's just, it's truly crazy when I think, like, I look back to that time in my life when financially we literally were living off a credit card, and it was a very dark season mm-hmm. of wondering how on earth we were going to get out of that hole. How are we going to continue to pursue this adoption that we'd already started? And, mm. you know, then the market fell out from under us and we're like, well, we're not, we can't just stop just because of that. So it was not a season where I looked back and I was like walking in a lot of peace and faith. Mm. I really was just like, I was scared, you know? Mm. And, but in the middle of that fear, just begin to put that one foot in front of the other and now, you know, I've, I've got, I've got a fourth baby name day collection. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. And I think something that um, not only I relate to, but that also inspires me about your story is that it's pretty non-linear. You know, you started in real estate and now you sell jewelry. Well, you don't even just sell jewelry. You sell jewelry that makes an impact and helps women and women all around the world, literally make an income. And you're writing books. I mean, like, that is, uh, I love it because I love the variety. You're just not someone who's been like, I'm in this box, you know, and I'm, I have to stay in this box because this is what I've always done. And I see that happen with women so much, and I can feel the pressure to do that so much. Um, but I just love the way that your story begins here, you know, then, you know, f- faced a problem here. Your your heart really, I feel like, led this business. Not, it was practical to some degree, you know, but even in the practicality of it, even in practically I need to make the money, it was because your heart was so big that was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not going to put away my courage or my strength and, and the, the the desire to bring this baby home just because of a setback. You know, you really let your setback become your starting point for impact. And that's one of my favorite things about your story is it was so nonlinear, probably totally unexpected. I mean, you can probably vouch for that. Um, but I think yeah. that's what, where the very best things come from is not necessarily where we had this perfect game plan. Even when you said it was kind of, what did you call it, scrappy? <laughs> I love that. I yeah. think that's good. Yeah, and I think so many years leading up to New Day, I didn't feel this strong sense of like, you know, because I had so many crazy jobs. You know, I had mm-hmm. real estate, I did interior I, I worked at a jewelry store for a year, which I thought was so random. <laughs> I worked with at-risk youth doing this mentoring program. I got my master's in education. I mean, it, you would not have looked at my life and been like, oh, there's a clear trajectory there. Right, right. <laughs> and yet, looking back, I can see how nothing has been wasted. Like, mm. not one single thing has been wasted. And you know, sometimes you just, you can't see the beautiful tapestry that God is weaving, you know, mm-hmm. and, until you're able to sort of look back and yeah. see, a, see a history and see a pattern. And I think it's important to pay attention to those patterns because ever since I was little, I have had this yearning to create opportunity for others. And that, that came from just starting to travel when I was a teenager and going to Africa and um, being introduced even to, to, to poverty here in America and just realizing, you know, okay, I know that I've been given opportunity and it's just to multiply and create opportunity for others. So that was the only clear thread as mm-hmm. I sort of went on this search. But 
Um, other than that, you know, it, my life felt pretty random. Mm-hmm. I relate 1,000%. And I bet many listeners relate to I think we can be in the middle of a story. And you know what's so crazy is we're even, even when we feel like we have that 2020 hindsight, like, oh, that's why this, 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 and this had to happen, even though it felt super random, even now when we can look back and see that, I think sometimes, and I don't know, maybe you can speak into this. Do you ever feel like even now you look around like, okay, even this thing in my life that exists right now, I'm not quite sure what where that's going to fit into the bigger story. You know, have you, do you ever find that you sometimes still feel like you're in the middle of your own story, even though a lot has been revealed to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that now I'm settled into to a career mm-hmm. and a business and a company that I own and run. But as I look way far ahead, I think... Hmm. like, what is the plan? Like, I don't know what the plan is. Right. Like, what do you do? You just keep growing a business. Do you eventually sell it? We don't have right. plans to sell. Does that mean my, my, one of my kids is going to take it over? Like, is this where I've landed? Like, right. I didn't need to land here. Like, this is it, you know? Right. And so I think in a lot of ways there is this unfolding and yeah, definitely becoming an author. That mm-hmm. has been crazy because you know, I knew that there was something really special about um, our story, and I wanted more people to know that story, and mm-hmm. I wanted people to understand that, you know, I think it's easy to look at people that have experienced a certain level of success and to think, oh, it was linear, mm-hmm. and they were never scared, and everything was super clear, mm-hmm. and I like to pull the curtain back on all of that and show the insecurity and show the the grit and the mm-hmm. scrappy nature of and the it all. Failures. I loved how you opened up in that book. Oh yeah. About I, I opened up the book at a pawn shop because we were, had so little money. I didn't have enough money to fund our website for Noonday. So I sold some of my jewelry that my grandma had given me <laughs> and that did not feel glorious. That mm-hmm. didn't feel like the sexy, DC funded, amazing entrepreneurial <laughs> startup, you know, mm-hmm. journey. Um, and I hid that story. I hid that story mm-hmm. for years. Like even after starting Noonday, I felt like I had to kind of hide our beginnings. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, I've learned it. It's it's that nature and that authenticity that people are really yeah. attracted to. And I think that's why I really wanted to write this book to encourage people to step into their own authentic stories to see that courage isn't about fearlessness. It really is about going scared mm-hmm. and. You know, but now the book has launched and I'm this author, but there is that sense of like, so do I, is that a one-time thing? Mm -hmm. Am I doing that again? Like, what was all that about? Like, what does it mean for the future? Like, Uh so yeah, I think that we're never, like, we're always in the middle of some sort of narrative. Mm-hmm. of our lives, you know? Yeah, and absolutely. Well, I, I relate and resonate yeah. so much, and I love that you shared that because for several years myself, I felt the same thing, the beginnings of my story. Honestly, I went, I feel like everything that I have done, I'm like, one year we're doing this, and then this little door opens, and then it evolves into this, and then I close that door because that felt wrong, and then it, it's just because so much, and I think you can probably resonate with this, so much of you is infused into your brand and your business and what you're doing. So And so you grow, right. and it grows with you, and the things that you're learning are reflected naturally, the things that you're convicted about, the things that ex- you experience, all of that is somehow reflected in what you're doing, whether that's writing a book or running a business or building a team. And so it kind of is a little bit fluid. It's not just this, you know, it's an extension of you, which can be a really good thing and a really hard thing at the same time. Um, But I really appreciate that you so just opened up about the fact that you didn't want to share that humble beginnings part of your story because for a couple years, I was the same way. And a lot of reason for that was because I felt like it didn't add up. Like, I started my little, you know, Etsy store on literally writing on computer paper in my sorority house. And that's really where it began, which was not glamorous, not sexy, like you said. Um, Had no idea that it would then kind of evolve slowly into doing some speaking and then evolve into other things when it came to my brand. And then some of those things would be closed because God closed the door on them. And he said, that's not what I asked you to do. And I'm like, well, I didn't really know. I've just been rolling with it, you know? And so for a while, as I was kind of trying to figure out what my own story even was and the direction I was really even supposed to be on, you know, given, and even with that having eyes on me, because I had an audience, I had a, you know, customer base or whatever. It was like making those decisions along the way made it hard for me to even articulate my own beginnings because I was just trying to keep up and roll with it and figure out what it was supposed to be. And then on well, top of Well, you didn't of even that, know it was a beginning. Yes, you know? like I you didn't. Were just, right? 
Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. I actually um, sat down with a gal who helps me a lot when it comes to like writing copy and marketing and she manages my podcast now. She's amazing. Anyways, she, um, she and I were talking through, she's like, what's the story? And I was like, you know, I don't know if I've ever really sat down to think about that. And when I did, I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to tell that. You know, like, that is really where it right, started. Right. <laughs> That's where the creative It's one part... thing to kind of know in your head, but then to be like, do I have to, like, now be yeah. about this? Yeah, 100%. And honestly, I remember when my kind of um, content creation, I guess is what I would say, when that started to take off and that started to grow and I was beginning to focus more on, like, writing and um personal development and, you know, speaking and all of those things that kind of are infused into my brand. Um, I would get interviewed every now and then on a podcast or a blog or something. And people would say, well, how'd you get started? And I would start the story because I had never really thought about it. And even if I had, I didn't want to tell the real beginning. I would be like, well, I started a blog, you know, and then that evolved. And the reality is, no, I didn't. I didn't start a blog. I didn't start. It wasn't that at all. You know, I actually started doodling in college and then sold a few of those pieces online. And then all of that evolved into something else. And so, a lot of people think like, oh, you started in ministry or you started writing a blog. I'm like, mm, not true. That was just a, that was like a little part of the whole picture, you know, but I didn't even really figure that out until I not only looked back and then also got the courage to say, I have to speak about the very beginning of this because it's important and I need to be courageous enough to share that even when it seems small and silly, you know, and it's been amazing to me because just like you said, that is really what people cling to because it makes it, it almost normalizes the importance of small beginnings. I think we overlook them far too much. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I think it's really in owning not just the shiny parts of our story, but the parts that we do want to hide that we're able to fully step into our authentic journeys Mm -hmm. and really feel at home in the world and at Mm -hmm. home in ourselves. And I think oftentimes we're like, I don't belong, or we might feel on the outside of a group or on the outside when we're scrolling Instagram, like we're the only ones. Mm -hmm. But when we're able to step forth and own like like not just the, the like squeaky clean parts, but like the full parts and we begin to belong to ourselves first, Mm -hmm. I think that creates this ability to then belong to community and to belong to other women too. Because when you're hiding parts of yourself, you're, you can't connect, Mm. you know, you're not actually connecting fully. And we all long for connection. Like that is a, that's for to every human. And, you know, I think that, that maybe that's why we've been able to connect so easily because we've had this realization that we have to be able to come forth and be real. Mm -hmm. And it's in that realness that we're able to have relationship. And so I just want to encourage everyone listening right now, like to think about those little parts of yourself that, you know, you might be hiding. I even, I posted about this week on Instagram, but you know, I've had my own journey with weight and body image and all that. I know that's um, a lot of what your message has been to Mm -hmm. women. And I, I weigh myself every now and again, just every now and again. Of course, I've had chaotic eating in the past and put Mm -hmm. way too much emphasis on the scale. And so for anyone listening now, like I highly recommend not weighing yourself if you have that history. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd come to a point where I was like, you know, I just need a little body Mm check-in. So I did a body check-in. It was one data point. I honestly didn't think much about it, but I moved the scale back to zero. Like I have one of those old doctor scales where it's like you clink it to like, this, mm-hmm. you know, the little weight section mm-hmm. and I moved it back to zero and I left the garage. That's where we keep the scale. And my husband, he just kind of later that day said to me like, babe, I feel like you moved the scale back to zero because you're ashamed. Like, I just want you to know, I don't care how much you weigh. Like you don't have to always reset. Hmm. And it was this moment where he called me out because I think there was this thing in me that was like, okay, I'm not going to just leave the scale sitting there on that number, <laughs> you know? And mm. I think it's like all of those little ways where we hide because mm. ultimately it, that was a way for me to hide and for him to call me out into the light. And I think the more we're able to kind of identify those little places in our lives where we're hiding, you know, mm. let's get real about that. Let's get real that we're actually hiding. And when we come out into the light, Mm-hmm. By connecting with other people around that truth that we don't really want to share, that's where wholeness and transformation happens. Mm, yeah, that's the whole heart behind so much of just everything. Like you said, this is why we connect. <laughs> I mean, my tagline right. being your brokenness is welcome here. It's like this is, yes. you know, and that that was 
it, it, you know, for me to even really understand, because everybody would ask, well, where did that come from? Why did you create that? At first, to be honest, like you said, kind of even understanding your own story. I was like, I don't know. I think I just kind of started saying it one day, which is 100% true. But I had to kind of go back into the archives of my own brain and be like, why did I start saying that? And what I realized was when I started to embrace my own story and started looking at like, what was the beginning of this entire thing that has now become my life and my career and the impact I've been able to just by the grace of God made on women. Um, and really it began and it started it kind of, I would say, coming from this place of when I was in those small beginnings and I was building, you know, this teeny little Etsy shop that I thought was a hobby. I thought I'm going to have to get a real job when I graduate, you know, the end of my college years. Um, but in that last year, as we would sit, you know, friends of mine and I, we would sit around and we would package these little items. It was just fun for me, you know, much like your, your beginnings. It was scrappy. It was like, uh, figure out how to shove this in a box and make it fit. And we don't know what we're doing. Um, but in the, in that place, so many amazing conversations were had being in that community of, with sisters, you know, that were like, you know what, we don't know what you're doing either, but we'll support the vision. And I was like, yep, I have no clue. We're just doing it. Cause it's enjoyable for me. I feel like it's, um, life-giving for me. Right. And I remember like having the support of sisters like that, and seeing how powerful it is when no one's hiding. I mean, we were talking about breakups. We were talking about body image struggles. We were talking about everything under the sun and opening up and supporting one another, even in a place where, you know, in a Greek system, it can be a place of competition. It can be a place of drama. It can be a place of gossip. Anytime you put 100, 100 women together, it can go really well or really poorly, you know. And I saw both sides. I saw the beauty of it, and I saw also the the, the challenges of it. And um being in that place where I really got to experience the beauty of it and sitting in a circle of sisters who were just supporting and coming alongside of me and hiding didn't really have a place, that's, I think, really where my heart for your brokenness is welcome here originated, you know? Um, so kind of with yeah. what you're saying, it's like, that's the point. But if we don't even invite that, then then we're almost encouraging one another to hide if we're hiding ourselves, you know? But if we're the example and if we're like, I'm going to open my door, <laughs> even though I don't know what I'm doing, you know, it just makes such a difference. And I saw the beauty of that. So even without meaning to, that inspired such an international movement, you know? So, I mean, just yeah. aligned, hearts aligns with you right there. And I think thinking about that brings up something that I really would love for you to share on a little bit now that I'm thinking about sitting in the closet with my sorority sisters back then in the beginning and you just having women show up for you that first time you hosted the, you know, the jewelry thing in your house and what that ended up turning mm-hmm. into and the massive impact and the wide-reaching impact. But it started with a few women who showed up for you, and so did mine. It showed up for mm-hmm. the few girls who were mm-hmm. like, we got you, girl. We don't know what you're doing. And you refer to this thing in your book called the sisterhood effect. And I love when you talk mm-hmm. about that. And if you can just kind of share anything uh, that you want on that, I think it'd be really helpful mm-hmm. for women to hear. Shout out to Green Chef for sponsoring this episode. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. So I don't think they left anything out. (laughs) Green Chef lets you choose from a wide variety of easy to follow lifestyles with select organic ingredients. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly proportioned, and mostly prepared. With Green Chef, it's easy to eat well and discover new recipes every week that you'll love to cook. You can even switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust, seasonally sourced for peak freshness. Green Chef makes achieving your 2019 goals easy with dinner options that work around your lifestyle, not the other way around. Yes, please. I love the way that these meals come packaged and show up right at my door and make it super easy to prepare, especially for my busy on-the-go lifestyle. If you want to try it out and you want to get $50 off your first box of Green Chef, just go to greenchef.us slash she. Again, that's greenchef.us slash she. So when I was in college, I took Sociology 101, and that was the first time I heard about something called the bystander effect, which is the sociological phenomenon that the more people that are around during a crisis, the less likely that person in the crisis is going to be helped because Mm -hmm. everyone assumes someone else will get to that person. Someone Mm -hmm. else knows CPR. Someone else. And I actually had this happen the other day, and it was at church. What? It was at church on a Sunday morning, and... The pastor was preaching, and he's a good friend of mine, and he 
looked out into the audience and his son suddenly heard a big, like a drop to the ground mm. and his son had fainted, had just fallen to the ground. Of course, we didn't know it was just like he had fainted. He'd been standing too long and his knees were locked or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, and everyone kind of froze. Because it's like an auditorium of, you know, a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, what happens next? And, right. you know, I remember someone just saying, is there a doctor in the house? And then the doctor's running there and like, okay, who's calling 911? And but there, and I actually was the one who said that. And there was that moment of like, I realized like, everyone oh my pauses. gosh, someone's like, everyone pauses, right? Because we think, well, who's, who's gonna, who's gonna answer the call? And so mm-hmm. the sisterhood effect is like, tag were it we always assume that we are the one who can uplift someone we always assume that we are the one that has something to give whether it's an encouragement whether it's a connection whether it's a little like double tap on instagram Mm -hmm. like tag were it we're not looking constantly to someone else is probably better at this someone else can do this someone else can show up for her but we choose collaboration over competition Mm -hmm. we choose empathy over judgment and that is a sisterhood effect i think man if we all own that if Mm -hmm. we all own our own power and you know this whole idea that that we're it we are the solution to the problems that we see then i mean obviously i think the world Mm -hmm completely changed. <laughs> yeah, it's the opposite it of the bystander. <laughs> it's the opposite. And that is, you know, this a lot of this comes from our Noonday Collection Ambassador Manifesto, and these are the values that we have driven through in our community and that we're constantly beating this drum because I think we have this natural bent towards playing it small. Mm. We have a natural bent towards not stepping into our bigness. Mm. And as this community of women and social entrepreneurs, especially salespeople, because we're out hosting truck shows, you know, we are women of action. So we are asking people to join us and to purchase from us and to join our teams. And obviously in that situation, you're going to hear some no's. Mm-hmm. And that that's where you learn to just draw strength from the sisterhood and mm. not to let those no's, you know, keep you down, but mm. to know how to stand back up again. Mm. It's so good. I, I think you've shared that effect with me a couple of times and every single time I get something else from it and I'm convicted by it in a different way. <laughs> and so I hope that uh, every single person who listens to this feels the same way. But I think, you know, the, I mean, you touched on when it when you get that no, right? When you have that sense of rejection or that sense of like, oh, that didn't go the way I thought or, oh, that didn't work out, you know? And I, I know none of us obviously love that. That's not the greatest thing in the world. But I think as a result of wanting to kind of avoid maybe that no um, or avoiding that missed opportunity or avoiding feeling like a failure, like we touched on earlier, um, two things. One, that that blow, right? That blow that can happen when we do get a no and the power that can happen when a sister comes alongside of us and is like, hey, I'm right here with you. You know, I'm supporting you when you're doing this crazy idea or when you're knocked down, right? It's either one at the, at the top uh. or at the bottom. Um, but I also know that so many of us kind of, I'm kind of segueing here, but I also think it's important to talk about and it's related. Um, I think so many of us avoid doing things because we're afraid of the no. Um, we mm-hmm. maybe feel the, or believe totally. the lie that we don't have sisters to come alongside of us or we don't have those people who would pick us up when we fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I guess that leads to just a question that pops up in my mind. Um, what advice would you give to a girl or to women who feel, you know, maybe multifaceted in their passions, just like I think you and I are between being small business owners and writers and authors mm-hmm. and also, you know, being focused on impact and giving back and all of that. I mean, those are multiple things. Mm-hmm. Um what advice would you give to someone who's like, I'm multi-passionate, you know, and multifaceted in my passions, but I don't want to waste time pursuing the wrong thing. Like, what if I start this little thing and I get a no? Have I just wasted three mm-hmm, months, mm-hmm. you know, or what, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. You know, I think that we can be so outcome-oriented in our thinking mm-hmm. and we're automatically focused on the end of like, okay, what what if this leads to success? What if this leads to failure? And we want to be able to mitigate any of the hard. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we are like, I want to be able to get to that outcome. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to really cost me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. whatever that cost might mean to you, it might mean, you know, some people it's like, hearing those is not a big deal, you know, mm-hmm. um, for other people, it is a big deal. You know, some people are like, it's, you know, I, I'm afraid about 
losing money. I'm afraid of whatever it is that you find you place your identity in. And then we create this plan in our mind to mitigate all the risk. Mm -hmm. The problem is there is no life where we can mitigate all the risk. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that is worth doing that is not going to cost you something. And you have got to decide now that you are not going to quit. Mm -hmm. You've got to decide that your why is worth Mm -hmm. the cost. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth what's going to take. And then I think there's just acknowledging, like, this is going to require effort. Yes, I'm going to be told no. Mm -hmm. Yes, I might, quote, unquote, fail. It's funny. I have such a hard time even with that word because I just don't see things as failures. I Mm -hmm. see everything as like, well, it's a learning. It's a learning, you know? Totally. And, you know, you're able to just learn from it and move forward. I mean, there's nothing that we haven't done at Noonday where, you know, where things got really hard and we haven't learned from that now. Yeah. I always say that it's not failure unless you completely quit. If you're failing along the way, but you right. keep going, that then you're just failure. learning. You're right. <laughs> you know, you're just right. learning. Right, you're just learning. And maybe a failure leads you to stop doing, like, because we're talking about this multifaceted passion. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there is a point of like, okay, if you, if you started a business and it is you're in debt and you're losing mm-hmm. money and no one's believing, no one's like buying into your idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like. Okay, take that as a learning. Right. Stop that. Evaluate. What are you going to learn from it? And then what are you going to go do from there? Right. You know? So, but I just do think that I love this quote and it says, so many of us, what is it, stop um, before we've caught our second wind? Hmm. You know? And it's like, we've got to be able to run far enough to catch that second one, we, we cut ourselves short, we get up too early, we compare ourselves and we think that like, well, it's taking longer for me or I didn't get that connection or whatever. And it's like, man, you miss out mm-hmm. on the fruit of success if you stop too soon. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's important to begin with the end in mind and then to let go of a life of perfect outcomes because yeah. that just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit on your couch all day long trying to mitigate all of your risks to try to prevent you from the outcome that you are most afraid of. And then you're going to have gotten nowhere further in your idea, your impact, yeah. your purpose. You're going to just be right where you were. Mm -hmm. So you've got to learn how to take that first step. Mm. That's so good. I love what you said too about, so like, that's not, that doesn't mean don't stop. I think sometimes when we hear, um, like you get a no, right. Or there's a quote unquote failure in a certain sense. Like you said, I started this thing and I'm in debt and no one's buying into it. It's like, well, there's an element of wisdom to set something down to maybe make an adjustment or to, Take what that lesson taught you. And I have heard, I mean, I'm sure you have too. I've heard so many stories of women who are like, I started this business. It completely flopped. But from what it taught me, it it allowed me to create this whole other business, teaching others not to do what I did. Or, you know, this whole other, it opened this whole other door because I walked through that. I think what we tend to want to do is go around it. (laughs) I want to go around that, you know, hurdle. I don't want to go into, you know, um, I don't want to be seen starting small. I don't want to be seen failing. But I think from those, those are the most powerful parts of our story. You know, those those decisions are the things that actually allow us to then turn around and teach others, turn around and impact others, maybe make the adjustments or the redirections that actually create what we're really meant to do. And sometimes we just have to go through a few things that we're like, mm, that's not quite it, but it's on the path to where you're going, you know? Um, so I just, I love it. You, you got to learn as you go. Absolutely. Like it's the same, the same way a toddler learns to walk by getting up and walking. We get our courage legs by getting up and going scared. Mm-hmm. And there's just no other way. There's no way around it. And mm-hmm. I find that when we spend our mental energy, I think we, you know, we think about our physical energy a lot. You have mm-hmm. to have physical energy to move throughout the world, but your mental energy is just as precious as is it's not more precious. Mm-hmm. And if you are spending your mental energy trying to mitigate or trying to create a perfect outcome, you are going to waste so much of your energy from really moving forward mm-hmm. and getting off, off the ground. And I just think we need to pay attention to our mindsets and where we're spinning our wheels in our minds because mm-hmm. that can be extremely draining. 
Yeah, that's good. I think sometimes it's, I always say, um, it's generally our mindset, not necessarily our skill set that really holds us back from the life we're made for. And whenever oh, I remember absolutely. that, it's like, oh yeah, Jay, snap out of it, you know? Um, you know? And it's so empowering, you know, because I think a lot of us focus on, okay, I don't have this skill set mm-hmm. or I don't, I'm not good at that. And it's like, yeah, but we're all in control of mm-hmm. our thought life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, You've had such a journey, you know, and I'm curious now, like now that you've shared a lot more of that and just talking through the process and the refining process and the journey and the no's and the rejections and the, you know, small beginnings and all of those things, I kind of want to touch on like where you're actually at now. Because like you said, I kind of feel settled in kind of have this hindsight of, okay, that's why that had to happen. Oh, that's why I worked in the jewelry store for a short amount of time, even though that felt so random, you know. Um, But now where you're at today is the business is running. You are impacting women. Things have become more orderly. You have systems. Maybe it's not quite so scrappy. Your book has been out, you know, and I'm curious, just genuinely as your friend, um, Mm -hmm. how do you feel? Like, really, how do you feel running Mm -hmm. your own business? Like, what is that like from, you know, I want to, I want to give some vision for the girl who might be like, I'm still scrappy. To be honest, I'm only a few years into this. Some days I feel like I'm still in the scrappy period where we're trying to figure out like, what's our policy on that? What's the system for that? Who does that? Mm -hmm. You know? And so I'm still learning as I go. And I don't, I don't know if you ever really arrived, but I definitely think, you know, you've been doing this longer than I have so genuinely I would like to learn but what does that feel like running your own business and how do you see you know the skills that you've learned along the way so relevant to where you are now and um, being an author all mm-hmm. of that what's that like in this yeah. space you know I am in a really sweet season right now and we have an incredible executive team in place and they've been in place for a year so to have the same team in place where they've have a lot of learnings there. It's a great team dynamic and they own so many of the things that I used to own. Mm. And I ran so hard after the launch of my book and I was already running pretty mm. hard, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I was oh, like I know. running and, <laughs> I and then it was like, now sprint, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've crossed some sort of finish line and now I'm in the cool down lap Hmm. and that feels really good I and I think it's so important to acknowledge seasons Hmm. because you know I think I feel like there's these messages of like hustle 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 like you know go create your own destiny go to that and then I think there's this other message that's like you know slow down rest Mm -hmm. blah 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 I think that it's like, you know what? There are seasons where you do hustle, mm-hmm. let me tell you. And if you want to get your, make your idea a reality, then it's going to involve a cost. It's going to involve that. But yeah. then there comes a time where you say, that's done now. And, like, technically, I'm not done, right? right. I'm not done with anything. I, I feel like I've only just begun in so many ways, you know? Like, mm-hmm. the book, it's, it's still out there in the, in the biggest and best of ways and Noonday Collection is still growing but, but the energy and sort of that like that hustle feeling that mm-hmm. push when you are sprinting and you've got that finish line in view and you were just like your legs suddenly are just like going to burn right yeah. and you can't sustain that that's not sustainable mm-hmm. so I think it's so important to identify kind of what season are you in and if you're in one of those like burnout my muscles are going to burn out seasons, like acknowledge that and realize it's not going to last forever mm-hmm. and kind of set a finish line. Like what does a finish line look like for you? So I feel like I've, I've somehow mentally, emotionally crossed some sort of, and not just that, like physically. I mean, I traveled like insanely last year. You did. I remember like, Jessica, you're everywhere. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I was one of the first. I was at one of the first, too. I was one of the first. I don't think it was the first stop, but yeah. it was one of the earlier stops from the book launch. And then you were just everywhere for the next several weeks or several months. And I was like, homegirl, you are incredible. Because I would be like, well, I'm such a homebody. Still, I'm like, I need my space. <laughs> well, but there's still, yeah. And I mean, I was also running the business, too, mm-hmm. and going off to our photo shoot in Guatemala in the middle of everything. So... <laughs> It was. It was a lot. And, you know, I want to be someone that other people look to. I don't want to be someone people look at me and go, oh, my gosh, like, 
I, where did she get that energy? And she just mm-hmm. never stops. And like, I want to model rest. I mm-hmm. want to model, you know, like, Hey, it's not always like that because right. God, it's not healthy, you know? Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm in this place where I've just settled into a new pace and it, and I'm still, you know, of course my pace is, you know, my <laughs> husband rolls his eyes. I'm about to go to India and apologize. <laughs> but, um, but for me, <laughs> Yeah, when I say slow, it just means that I'm like, you know, it means what it means for me is if I don't have meetings up at the office, I'm not like, oh, my God, I better get up there. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go stop by the grocery store and buy stuff for dinner tonight. Mm -hmm. It means I'm making dinner for the first time in a really long time for Mm -hmm. our family. And I've got three kids and a husband. And um, it's just there's something that's slower. I can't fully describe like tactically what that looks mm-hmm. like. It's almost more of an internal pace yeah. that is slowed. That's now driving a slower external pace. Yeah. And I, I think I'm finally just enjoying it as someone who's definitely addicted to adrenaline <laughs> and loves to have the next adventure on the books and everything has to be like big and awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just kind of like, good enough you know mm-hmm. that's good enough mm-hmm. and also just appreciating to everything mm-hmm. that's happening that's good I think our slow pace can be a little different depending on who we are and our personality type and our experiences yes, obviously. you know like man my slow compared like my husband is so good at prioritizing rest like if I didn't have him I would run myself into the ground and I still kind of run myself into the ground and so our ideas of slow are so different but it's so good for each other yes. you know I help speed him up and he helps bring me back to earth it's just really good and so it's true our what's slow for you might seem super fast for someone else and vice versa but I think that's what makes the world go round you know what I mean that's what makes us so unique so I'm glad you shared that that's good I want to ask you one last question. Do you have any advice or just encouragement for someone who feels like, I'm just trying to figure out what's next? You know, I'm not necessarily afraid of making the wrong decision, but I can't even, like, I don't even know. I can't even fathom what's next. And I'm just trying to kind of make a game plan. I'm trying to figure out, like, what I maybe should step into. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know so many of us are in that place. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, certainly right now we're trying to decide if we're going to, um, hire a PR company based out of, you know, New York or LA. And it's a huge decision. And mm-hmm. so I just had a meeting this morning with uh, someone who a friend of mine connected me with this girl. We met for coffee. And I'm just picking her brain. So mm-hmm. I am someone who is a high input person. And I think just starting to network and make those connections and um, start gathering information. For me, that's how I approach when I'm sort of at a crossroads of decision making mm-hmm. and, I get a little bit more quiet than normal and I try to really listen to my history and, you know, really get clear on my motives and the outcomes that I'm wanting, what would success look like for me. I think a lot of times people don't really define the, their end game, you know, they're mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh, this is fun. This would be cool. But it's like, what does success look like for you and that? Mm-hmm. And kind of start to define, you know, start with the end in mind. Like, where, where are you kind of wanting to go? And, um, and then, you know, talk to people. That's mm-hmm. just to me, I just, I love connecting with people and kind of hearing their experiences and their input and asking for wisdom and discernment from others too. Mm, that's good. I think seeking counsel and like you said, learning. I'm not someone, I don't know if you've ever taken the Colby assessment, but I, it really is super helpful if you're ever trying to figure out like how do I, I have work? it. You have it? Oh my gosh, Jessica, you have to take the Colby assessment. Colby? Colby, K-O-L-B-E. It's a... Can test. I go do it like today? Yes. It tells you like how you make decisions best, um, how you start projects, how you follow through well. Like it's kind of like a strengths finder, but more geared towards how do you work? Not just like, oh, you're outgoing or oh, you're really good at, you know, it's more, um, for example, there's a scale. And on that scale, it, t- it says, like, are you a fact finder or are you, there's another word that basically means the opposite. And on that scale, it t- it told me that I scored a three out of 10 or a three out of nine as a fact finder, which means, or no, 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 I was a four, which means I'm right in that middle. It's like one through three is level one, four through six or four through seven is level two. And then the top is anything above seven. And so and I was right at the lower part of that middle, which basically means I find enough facts to make a decision, but possibly not always 
enough facts to make the very best decision. Some people, <laughs> it's so, well, some people make, like, they can't do any, like, if they're really, really high on the fact finder, it's really hard for them to take a step forward because they want to have as much right. information as possible. And then vice versa, yeah. if they're not a fact finder at all, they'll just start something without really any context or research. So it's just really interesting to learn about yourself with these four different things that they it measures. And then it helps you figure out, like, how you work with others who, okay, I'm really not a good fact finder. I need to be partnered with someone who's a much better fact finder, you know? And that's kind of how my husband and I are. He does all the research. He does all the things. I'm like, does it work? Are they nice? Great. Let's do it, you know? Um, So anyways, it's just a really interesting tool that's, <laughs> that's cool. helped me I'm check that out yeah it's been great but that advice is so good and I think that that's so practical and and helpful and I think it just takes the pressure off to figure it all out so thank you for sharing that and honestly just thank you for taking the time and for being here can you just share where everyone can find you where they can find the book more about what you do noonday just let them know all the things <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm super active on Instagram, which is my name, Jessica Honiger, and that is two Z's and one N. And my book is in Perfect Courage. It's available everywhere where books are sold. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in joining our Noonday Collection community and starting your own business, you can go to the Noonday Collection website and you can click on join and we'll give you more information. And I actually do weekly calls with people um at, and this this year we're starting those up really soon um mm. so you can get on the phone with me and to find out more info that's awesome i love that personal that personal touch that's amazing well thanks so much for being on i know it's just going to bless so many you're the best jessica thanks girl see you soon i'd love to hear from you It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.